0: Welcome, everybody, to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. And we are back in the studio, as you could see. Around uh, two weeks ago, our, uh, we had some uh, technical issues and we had to go to stream from the masjid, which we did, which meant that we were not on Instagram. But now we are back on Instagram uh, and on Facebook and on everything. And we are back in our old position and Tuesday is the day of tafsir and of course last night was laylat al-nisfu in shaban and unfortunately we didn't were unable to stream about that last year we did stream a whole stream and every year I do the same thing I read a a, a book uh, a traditional book written by one of the Azhari scholars on all of the ahadith that um, uh, come regarding the laylat al-nisfu shaban and alhamdulillah we had a great evening last night in the masjid evening of du'a and dhikr and salah uh, An ibadah, and there's no specific ibadah in uh, Sha'ban. There's, there's nothing, Nishwah Sha'ban has nothing specific, but it does have the specificity of removing shahna, removing any evil from your heart towards anybody else. And I love what Auzai said. Remember, Auzai, he is the mujtahid of hashem I love what he said, in that he said that shahna is that is not that you don't talk to somebody the al- mushaheen are not those who aren't talking it's those who have ill-will towards one another so you could avoid somebody like you cannot talk to somebody for the simple reason that they bother you or that you just don't get along right that's all permitted but the idea that you hate them and you despise them that's the problem and that's what's unacceptable so uh for, from that aspect it's that r- specific element of, uh, that is mentioned the hadith that they don't get any of the a'ta or the giving or the rewards that are distributed on al nisri and shaban secondly the dua in it is answered it's one of the blessed nights in which dua is answered and those blessed nights are the first night of rajab al nisri and shaban Laylatul al-qadr uh, the two nights before the two eids laylatay al-eidain and on top of that it that's the annual those are the five annual nights in which dua is accepted and that uh, many of the ulama and the salihin used to spend the entire night in ibadah and dhikr and dua but then there's the weekly which is every thursday night which is we call in arabic but in english it's thursday night and then of course wednesday between duhr and asr you can never forget that I know people whose lives have changed because of the dua on Wednesday between the and asr. And a brother today, he messaged me and he said that, you know, we uh, the 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 ulama have not have had an answer for the political problems of the ummah. What is that? A letter? Oh, just, oh okay. Uh, it's a good bookmark. The ulama have not had an answer to the political crisis that we're in. And so long as the political apparatus is against, is not promoting, is promoting something other than Islam, then naturally you will continue to lose people, right? Because they're going to fund ideas, fund practices that will tarnish people's faith and they'll eventually, you'll lose out. So what I told them, I listen, there's a hadith from Imam Sayyuti. If you obey... I give you... Well, that hadith is not even that important. But the, there's a, more importantly, there's a hadith of the Prophet that's stronger than the one Imam Siyuti. The, the one I was going to mention from Imam Siyuti says that it, the, Allah was uh, told the Prophet the Prophet asked, How long is my ummah? And Allah replied, If they obey, I give them one day. And a day with Allah is a thousand of our years. So this is a thousand years. If they disobey, then I only give them half a day. That means there are two situations in the in the Ummah. That there are two halves of our Ummah. And these halves are either the first one is obedience, because the first time he says, If they obey, I give them a thousand years. Okay. Then if they disobey, I only give them five hundred years. That means there's two halves. There's the first half, we know is a thousand years. Because of course the first half of the Ummah obeyed. Second half will be either a thousand years or or half a day, which is 500 years. All of this, of course, the hadith is very weak and threadbare. And see what he mentions that, but he just mentions it for the sake of mentioning the hadith. And he has a whole epistle on it talking about if we were to ever estimate the lifespan of the ummah, it would be around 1500 years. That's what he said. But that's irrelevant to what I'm saying. Uh, what I told this brother, I said, look, when the ummah collectively disobeys Allah, and that hadith is important because it does point to a collective obedience and a collective disobedience. If the ummah does collectively disobey its creator, it's not going to be blessed, and there's no minority that can alter that. It's going to be an unblessed nation, a nation that does not get success, a nation that is not given tawfiq at the large scale. A nation that the Prophet ﷺ said, Uh, which means that the nations will gather around against you just as people gather around for food right eaters gather around for their plate of food or their tray of food that's the that's the era that we're in right now we're an era that there is you can clearly see collective collectively there's disobedience you can't uh, deny that there's a collective turning away from the deen and as a result of that there is a non-stop failure at every political level a small group of scholars and muslims cannot alter that okay they can't alter that they can't change this all right right is your mic on by the way okay uh they can't change this what ulama what they're doing in the way all their institutions are passing out lifeboats and there are some bigger lifeboats than others and there are some, they're like, it's, it's in the middle of a raging sea. Some people have a strong boat you can get on and there's food and shelter and water there until you die, right? But it's basically saving individuals and it's not this um, this political dream to return a Khilafah, it's not even within sight. To correct the problems of the world, it's not even within sight. You're literally just saving individuals. And that's the status that we're in right now. So that was an interesting um, lead in to what our topic today. Okay. Guard yourselves and your family from the fire. There was a time where, yes, you could say the you didn't have to worry about your family. The society raised your kids, and you could go off like Muhammad, the Conqueror, Muhammad, Muhammad al fatih and these other Salahideen, and you could actually worry and do things in the world. Well, that's—is that really the case right now? If if we went out on khuruj, dawa, and we went get did dawa, and we worked eighteen-hour days, and we came home to sleep and eat, and then went out again. You'd lose your kids, right? Your kids would be astray. There's no doubt about that. So you're not. We're no longer safe in our homes. And Salahuddin Ayyubi, and all these other greats, and there, there are many, many in our Ummah people who gave their whole life to the Deen, and they would see their kids. Allahu Adam one, but they didn't have to worry about raising them, right? Like that wasn't a. It was. He worried about raising them to a level. Of course, everyone does. It's everyone's responsibility, but. You never feared that your kid was going to become a Murtad or a Zani or anything close to that. Am I right or am I wrong? That was, the, that was the case like my parents' generation. I don't think my grandparents worried a bit, about one moment, that their kids would not be Muslim. Well, that's what a parent has to worry about today. So the idea of going out and doing a 20, you know, 18-hour days to the Ummah and save the Ummah, you can't even save your own family. Right? So this is what this ayah says. This is this ayah is for our time. And I'll tell you why this is actually more effective. Because in trying to save yourself and your family, you realize you can't do this alone. You have to have a community. You have to have a group of friends. Anytime someone says they're having trouble doing dhikr and ibadah, the answer is very clearly. Do you have friends who do this? And I've seen people with major accomplishments in one field and no accomplishments in another field, right? Let's just take a simple example. How many people out there are extremely well accomplished, but they can't lose 10 pounds? How many people out there, like they can list their accomplishments. They could be doctors, they could be lawyers, they could be engineers of some sort, right? But... They cannot shake, for the life of them, 20 pounds. Well, why is that? Well, how did you become a a lawyer or a doctor is by going to a medical school where you hang out with people of that profession for nine hours a day, right? For five, six, seven, eight years, right? No wonder you became a doctor. You became a surgeon. You became a a cardiologist or a sheikh or a hafiz or a lawyer. Or an entrepreneur, because you went to a place and you hung out with those people. Okay, you took courses, you hung out with them for about eight hours a day for four years. Then you became one of them. And then you say, okay, well, how are you trying to lose weight? Man, I try every diet. I saw a diet on YouTube. I saw another one. I got this other diet on the internet. Then I went out and I got all this stuff. and, And then a year passed and I didn't lose any weight. Well, it's like you—you're you, never applying any suhba. You're never hanging out with other skinny people, like weight loss people. You're not uh, workout people. You're not hanging out with these this crowd at all. Let alone, like every day for four years, not at all. But show me the ones who did succeed. I have a bunch of runners, friends of mine who are runners. These people are all toothpicks. They all hang out. They know how to apply for the marathons. They go to the marathons. They do all this stuff. They are toothpicks. What's in common with them all? They hang out with each other. They, it's motivation, and it's also the habits, and it's knowledge. Like, really refined knowledge about how your body works. Okay? They succeed. They succeed. So when you're trying to save, f- follow this ayah, نارى, You realize you, you can't do it alone and your family can't do it alone. Okay? And your kids don't need lectures as much as they need good Muslim kids to play with. Right? Just to hang out with. That's so important. Every masjid today is, has to be a community center. And that community center has to be, must, okay? without any hesitation, have... In a play area for little kids and from teenagers. There's no hesitation. There's no desanctification of this. Okay. There's no desanctification of this. Okay. You're not de- desecrating a masjid or doing a bid'ah by adding to it all these other things. You're adding to. It. You're not doing it in the masjid. Now there was a a, uh, um, a video in the Arab world recently where an imam. He was just, I think, like, between Maghrib and Aisha, there was a kid playing with a ball. So the imam just, like, taps the ball at, at the kid. The kid passes it back. And then, like, they make two chairs in the musalla, and the, the, the imam is, like, shooting on the kid. It's so innocent, right? There was not planned or anything. But we could say, okay, he did something, makruh. He's an old man, too. He's not, like, some young imam. And it was just so innocent. And it was just some third party was there filming it. And it caused a big, like, people really went after the sheikh. I would say I don't think the sheikh had any mal intent. But at the same time, that's not, you know, I'm supposed to do that in Masajid. But you, there's nothing wrong with, like, you don't desanctify the Musalla of the Masjid, but you can build onto it. Every community I see, I said to them, before you even think about the Musalla, think about the gym. Yeah, we were, we were playing it, but Yeah. because the there's no other space. So what do you think people are going to do, right? What do you think people are going to do? People are going to be bored out of their minds, and they're going to go somewhere else. And, and it's not feasible, right? It's not, it's not something feasible that you just say to teens and youth, just sit there and listen to lectures. So it's listen to lectures, attend the vicar for a little bit, and then go off on your way. Like into the other part of the, of the complex at least you'll be be with other kids who are doing the same thing so that's just that's how it is that's the way our life is nowadays okay it should be separate from the musalla that's the compromise same complex but different part of the musalla ibn abbas says um it's very simple how do i save myself and my family from the fire is we collectively make sure that we're all not disobeying allah that none of us are disobeying allah that's the correct grammar of it and that we are all fulfilling the obligations that allah gave us okay um and the beauty of our religion is that we have the fard and we have the sunnah so i know what if you if you leave off the fard that's when were blameworthy if you leave off the sunnah like less blameworthy you're not blameworthy but it's not good okay you have the haram if you if you practice if you do the haram you're blameworthy if you do the makruh, less so okay but it gives everybody a baseline because otherwise how do i please you like a kid may be saying okay what's the limit here okay don't do this don't do this do this do this what's the limit like where is it? Where do I get to stop? And we were talking the other day about the um, the environmentalists. Their biggest problem with the environmentalists and all these people is they don't have limits. Like they, when is enough? When are you pleased? When are you satisfied? Right? They don't have that. As a result, it's just like a one way street. It's a runaway street, and it has no end to it. Okay. So as soon as you, like, what's the first thing that environmentalist wants to do? Not use plastic Don't use a, pla- ah, that's, that's the first thing. I remember. Yeah. The desk. Plastic. Wait, yeah, the computer screen, the, 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 the case on your phone. I remember, I'm telling you, there was a a, a Muslim, Muslim woman. She used to be into um, the White House iftar right? She's so happy to go to the White House iftar. Now, George W. Bush at this time was the president, and she went to the White House iftar in the name of we have to dialogue, we have to blah blah. dialogue. You think you're you're there as like a pet. You're just like, be patted on the head and move on, right? She's like, no, we got to go and dialogue, and George Bush had just done the Iraq war, right? He had just announced it, and then the Ramadan iftar came about, White House iftar, and and she goes to the White House of Dar and she took a picture with George Bush, right? Now I'm sitting with them at a gathering one time and one guy goes, oh, I know so-and-so. I have to get her a glass because she refused to drink out of a plastic bottle. I was like, wait, so that's what she refuses? But the Iraq war? Like you don't boycott that guy? That guy doesn't get a boycott right george w bush doesn't get a boycott but the plastic bottle that's the issue and he's like well i don't want to say anything i was like I-, I will because that's ridiculous he's like i don't want to comment and get con- controversial i'm like that's not controversial controversial is something that we can discuss and it's debatable it's not debatable so you're against the plastic bottle and that's what all the environmentalists do they begin the crusade on the plastic bottle Shh, wait till you go to hajj Jamarat everyone collects the jamarat in plastic bot the ra- their pebbles in plastic bottles and the whole thing is plastic bottles now i hate plastic bottles too right i hate plastic bottles too so in my daily routine i got my own plastic cup but it's one plastic cup right it's like a plastic what do you even call it not a jug it's like a cup it's like a it's like a plastic cup with a straw in and a cap and i use that to drink from right so that I don't cup using pull and spring bottles all day long. All right, fine. So the environmentalists will begin and get you on a crusade of plastic, but what's next? Then what's next? Then what's next? Like, when is the environmentalist pleased with you? That's the problem. Beauty of Islam, huh? Stop breathing. They're never. Oxygen, CO2. Die, right? Uh, save the air- earth, kill yourself. That probably will save the earth, though, yeah. right? But uh beauty of Islam is that. We know when you're in in Islam and when you're outside of Islam. We know when you are... Uh, you know what? Let me address this point because it sort of got on my nerves the other day. Okay? We know when a person is in Islam, when they're outside of Islam, when they're fulfilling, when they are good in the community, in the sight of the community, in the sight of Allah. Like, when is somebody righteous, somebody good? We have very clear lines for this. Right? And that makes your mind relax. It's not constantly moving and changing. Okay? Okay? Let me give you this picture that bothered me last night. It bothered me because I actually thought it was pretty ignorant. All right, this picture says as follows. There is a gentleman out there. I guess he's a nice guy, but he's sort of... His name is Craig Considine. Very nice guy, right? Loves the prophet. Okay. Okay wouldn't love of the Prophet, peace, peace be upon him, if it's true, if it's in here, wouldn't it eventually come out? Like if I have stuff in here, right? And I pour it out, wouldn't it come out? That's our understanding that what's in your heart genuinely should come out of your mouth. So a guy says, you have a very beautiful post, so an African brother sends him and says, Jibril Yaqubu says, please take the shahada and be a Muslim. We are ready to welcome you. Right? Because the guy said a very nice thing about the prophet. So this Jibril gentleman says, take jihad. Now he says, thank you for the invitation, but my religious beliefs are much, much, much deeper than a single declaration. Well, what is in your heart? Why won't you declare it? Right? In In our understanding, if something is in the heart, okay, then it should easily come off the tongue. If it's truly in the heart. Right? And what greater love of the Messenger, peace be upon him, than recognizing that he's a prophet and saying it? <laughs> uh, like, you do something bad to somebody and you buy them roses, you buy them gifts, you invite them for dinner, but you say everything except that I apologize for what I've done. That's why tawbah it's not accepted with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until you have, you say Astaghfirullah. You must say. You cannot have the arrogance of saying, I seek Allah's forgiveness. Okay? You have to seek Allah's forgiveness. So it's got to come off of your tongue. So he says, I don't mean to cause any offense here, but certainly saying the Shahada is not enough for a Muslim to be a Muslim. Well, how does somebody, how does anybody know, firstly, what is a Muslim? The Muslim is the social element of things. As for your Iman, your heart, that's between you and Allah. We will never know that. I will never know if Omar Abbasi is a Muslim, Munafiq, mu'min. Who knows? I don't know your heart, right? So we all only know our outside, okay? And how do we know one another's external except with the words that we utter, okay? Very similar to citizenship in the country. You go in and you take a swearing of an oath, right? I don't know what's in your heart. Nobody knows what's in your heart. So then he says, so the answer is yes, saying the Shahada is the line that puts you from outside this community to inside this community as someone that, and it also, it can and should, but not necessarily, it can and should, but not necessarily indicate true faith because not everyone's honest, right? But in in, uh, the perfect world, people are honest and what comes out of their mouth is what's in their heart. So if it's in your heart, it should come out of your mouth, all right? He says, this seems very shallow. Well, here's the thing. Who's judging? You respect the Prophet. Is this not the method of the Prophet? Is it not the method of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that the sign, the demarcating, the line, the objective measure between us is the shahada, right? That's the objective measure. Because we have to have an objective measure. I can't be made to just have to try to read signals from you right or put you in a vague category no because this iman as much as it's a spiritual reality it ends up in a legal reality and legal realities need objective measures like i think we talked about the other day like we can never val- you can never put a value to a life but you definitely can't put a financial worth to a life because in the court of law everything has a value it has to have a number so in the the, the spirituality of islam the truth of the a belief in Allah and His after- and the afterlife and all those wonderful things that touch your heart does settle in the real world, which need objective measures to know who is a Muslim and who is not. What is how how what better of an objective measure than the shahada? Well, what is marriage? Marriage is very similar. All trade transactions are very similar. Okay. A transaction is an oral. That's all we need in Islam. Writing it is a fard or a sunnah maybe depending on the fukaha, but if I say I have um, gifted you this pen, right, that's enough. It's your pen now with one word. If I let you use it for a year and I say, hey, give me my pen back, okay, so I've given you all the signals that it's your pen, but I never said it's your pen, then it's not your pen, right? So the word that we utter is what's important marriage is i have married you unto myself i have accepted your marriage or the that's the bride the groom to the bride or the father of the bride i have married my daughter unto you i have accepted the responsibility of your marriage to your daughter or i have accepted your daughter in marriage that's it those two words that's marriage okay that's it you are married. If, if you didn't have witnesses, then consummation is not permitted until you have ishar and witnesses. If you didn't talk about a sadaq, a dowry, a mahr, we could deal with that later. In sharia, you could deal with that later. When she asks for it, you either agree, and if you dispute, then she gets the average of her th- of, of three or four of her friends who got married, whatever the av- or people like her, of her similar... Status and in society. What else do you need? That's how simple it is. So, a man could take care of a woman his entire life, and she's willingly with him. And we in our Sharia, we call that Zina. Although he's taking care of her, he loves her, he takes her for anniversaries, but he refuses to say the word, I have married you unto myself, and she refuses to say, I have accepted. Because there has to be an objective measure to things, to relationships. He says, he continues, it's very shallow. It's not shallow. You don't get to decide. It's the prophet who decides, right? You don't judge the prophet. The prophet tells us what his guide is. He says it's not very f- different, and here's where he really ma- ma- messes up. It's not very different from a Christian who thinks they are superior. Wait a second. Who ever said that the outward behavior of people makes anyone superior, right? No, yes, you are now, you have done a better deed who says the shahada has done a greater deed in that respect but we we still don't know how you're going to end right faith needs to be deeply rooted not superficial and surface level okay well if it's deeply rooted if my tree is deeply rooted and it never hits the surface though at the same time right then it's dead it's not real you cannot tell me here's a here's a here's an oak tree here's an apple tree put the seed in all right, hey, I put the seed in, I watered it. It never came up. So anything that is truly in the heart eventually must overflow above the ground. It must come above the ground, right? It must overflow out of the cup. And the very basic of that is the shahada, And that's why the outward elements, that's how we understand them vis-a-vis the inward. You cannot possibly, person cannot possibly tell me that something is in a cup, then when you spill the cup out, it's not there, right? You cannot possibly love someone and not say it, right? not and refuse to say it. It's not like you can't say it, like I'm awkward, I don't know how to express my love. No, you refuse to say it. So it's not there then. That submission is not there. And that commentary of what's shallow and what's not shallow indicate you're not fully submitted to the way of the prophet. It's not for you to judge the messenger. If that's how... Shahada is, Allah says, say it, okay, say it. How many times does Allah say, Qul, say this. Because number one, when you say it, over and over, you actually impact your heart. It's, it actually works both ways. If you say something over and over of dhikrillah, reliance upon Allah, one day your heart will actually rely on Allah. Right? If you say something over and over, one day you're actually, it will absorb. Ghazali says, one day it'll settle. So the outward influence, the inward. And if it's truly in your heart, then you should actually just say it. You'll have no problem saying it. That's the the way we understand things in our religion. Okay? That's the the relationship between the inside and the outside. So all of this is in the concept that we were saying that we need family support, we need constant support. Uh, And our masajid needs to be complete community centers with everything there. Um, Really everything there. Uh, Wedding hall, party hall, graveyard. We need a graveyard. Because I'm telling you why we need a graveyard. If I was to have a dream complex, like you give me like 50 acres in Texas, right? That's where everyone's going these days. But they're also coming back because it's getting too expensive. Uh, I would have the masjid, the school, from pre-K to high school to the madras of higher higher education for, for mutun and produce shiyukh and Hafad and all that, you'd have to have a gym area and you should have a graveyard. Even if you don't have, it's not massive for everyone, but it's got to be enough that... Uh, it reminds us all where we're going, right? It reminds us all where we're going. And if you read the signs of the Qiyamah and death and the grave, you, you will reach a point that you don't want to mess around in this hayat dunya. It's not worth taking the risk. And, and it's not worth leaving the great re- prophets and the great uh, uh, um, rewards that's available as soon as you die. Like, I want it right now. I don't want to have to go through misery and then maybe on the resurrection find something. No, I want something nice right away when I die. Right? So you got to keep your focus. Okay. And this is not the era of the Ummah, like rise of the Ummah or anything. No, this is save individuals. It's giving out lifeboats and rafts. وَقُودُهَا al hijara. The fuel of this fire, the fuel of this fire is stones and, and people. Alayha There are angels that rule this fire. Angels are not all just um, lovey-dovey. There are. They have different jobs. One of them, some of them, are the angels of the hellfire. They are. Malik smiled once in his life. The angel of the hellfire, who's in charge of the hellfire, his name is Malik. He, he smiled once in his life. But upon it are harsh angels. Ghilath, Shidad, strong. Okay. Strong angels, guards that you're not messing with. لا يعصون الله ما أمره، ifalunu ما يُمرُون. They don't disobey Allah what he, whatever he told them, and they do what they're told. They're not you're you're not going to cry tears to them. They're not going to change for you. Okay. يا أيها الذين كافروا لا تعتذروا اليوم إنما تُجْزَونَ ما كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ يا أيها الذين آمنوا توبوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحَ Al-Hasan, Abu Bakr, An-Asim, Nasuhan, what is Tawbat al nasuha okay. Tawba, that Nus'h, Tansahu sahibaha, audi ila ma taba minhu. It's a Tawba that, makes you leave off what you've done. That is a sign of Tawbat al nasuha Tawbat al nasuha is not, I've done 10 Umrahs, I did this, that and the other. No, Tawba, Nasuha. Is that which actually works. It makes you stop committing those sins. That's it. fi They differed on its meaning. Omar wa ubey wa Muath and ubei and mu'adh said, A toba tun nasuh anyatuba thum malaya uda iladhamba. As we just said, he, he it's the one that makes him not return to the sin. That's what matters. كَمَا لَا يَعُودُ الْلَبَنِ إِلَى الْضَرَعِ Just like you can't put milk back in the udder of a cow. Al-Hasan said, هَيَا أَنْ يَكُونَ الْعَبْدُ نَادِمًا عَلَى مَا مَضَى He is full of regret at what happened. وَجْمِعًا عَلَى أَلَّا يَعُودَ فِيهِ He has collected his intent never to return. Kelby says, أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرَ بِالْلِسَانِ وَيَنْدَمْ بِالْقَلْبِ It is to seek forgiveness with his tongue and regret it with your heart okay and abstain wayumsiku bilbadan he abstains with his body qala saeed ibn musayyib tawbah tun tansahuna biha anfusakum saeed ibn said it's a tawbah that makes you advise others to make this tawbah tansahuna biha anfusakum qala al-qurdi yajma'uha arba'at ashiya there are four things Connected to this repentance or consists of four things. Istighfar, with your tongue. Stop doing it with your body. Intending never to return to it. Okay. Wa muhajarat say al And to abandon, leave off permanently bad friends. Okay. Bad company. You can't possibly hate a sin and, and love the people that you, you should do it with. And love the old those good old days, right when we used to go to bars and clubs. Wait a second, that's that's not Toba. Asa, ربكم أن يكفر عنكم سيئاتكم ويدخلكم جنات on that day Allah will not humiliate the Prophet, or let him down, nor those who believed with him that he will not punish them. He will not enter them the fire. Okay. If you do this tawbah, then Allah will forgive all your sins and enter you into paradise under, with, under which there are gardens running. Or rivers running, sorry. him On the Sirat. This is the point of the Sirat. Nuruhum Yes بَيْنَ أيديهم. Okay. So, when do we need a light? We need a light when we're on the Sirat. Part of the Day of Judgment is that you have scales, you have a book that is your receipt, you have the Sirats over hell, which is a bridge over the hellfire, and then if how do you pass by that bridge? Your own light. So, it's very interesting you can have two people, let's say, sitting on a bus in this world. One, his heart is illuminated, the other, his heart is darkened. But nobody knows this, right? You feel what you feel, he feels what he feels, but nobody knows this. Nobody knows what anyone's state is. Okay? So, um, on the Day of Judgment, there will be a situation where your heart is filled with light, and you can see your light, and it could illuminate the path. But the person next to you cannot benefit from that. Likewise, there will be harms coming to a person and you will be right next to him. You may see his harm coming to him, but it will never harm you. So it's outward. All of what's in the hearts in this life becomes outward in the next life. and in this. But in the same way that what was in your heart is only for you, no matter how close you are to another person, they won't benefit from what's in your heart. Likewise, on the day of judgment, all this stuff is outward, but it will not affect, it cannot benefit the other or harm anyone else except you. So that's something that, regarding the bridge, some people will pass by it because they have a light, but not everyone else can benefit from that light. Okay. The munafiqeen, the hypocrites, their lights are off. رَبَّنَا أَتْمِمْ لَنَا نُورَنَا لَنَا إِنَّكَ عَلَى كُلِ قَدِيرٍ This ayah right here is, some said it is from the uh, prayers of the believers, and some said it's the words, it's the vain hopes of the munafiqeen, okay? the hypocrites. And for the believers, it's, it means, O oh Allah, complete our light. So a person may have light, but it's not full. He still had some sins. So Allah complete us our... أَتْمِمْ Why are, is our light not complete? Because we have sins. So they said, Forgive our sins. Forgive our sins, then we have complete light. Okay, It's like someone's got a dimmer light than somebody else. Still have light, but it's dimmer. The other tafsir of that is that it's the hypocrites. The hypocrites. They practice Islam and those practices for them bequeathed them or gave them in only an external light they only practiced Islam externally so they only got an external light that faded away on the bridge and all of a sudden it's all darkness. so they're making dua. of course at that time there's there, there's no changing things O oh prophet, O oh messenger. Ya'ayon Nabi, O Prophet. Strive against the disbelievers and the hypocrites and be harsh with them. The Prophet had to be told to be harsh with them because his nature was not harsh. His nature was kind. And his nature was gentle. But he was told to be harsh with them. What is the harshness of the Prophet? It's his policy. His policies towards them. That's what's harsh. Okay. Harshness, If you if you notice, we are told when to be harsh and when not to be harsh. We are not supposed to be harsh with believers. And a sign of misguidance is that a person is harsh with believers or soft with enemies of truth. Right? Maddox disapproved and disallowed softness with people of Bidda. Okay, people of different sects and groups. Why? Because you, you soften the line. If you soften to them, you'll soften to their beliefs too and as we see people who are who who have a lot of loved ones from outside of islam right they oftentimes also have a very hard time you know with the idea that that belief is false they want everyone just to, we all want to be in heaven together like they have that mentality and that's always a big problem and that's why anytime that people they live in a type of um uh, anytime people live with 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 uh in a multi-faith environment, they have a very hard time with the reality of their truth and falsehood. And there's something that will be... Uh, um, something that will... people will be punished since people won't. They have a very hard time with this. You never notice that no one ever had time has a hard time with that when they're living amongst their own people. Like, nobody ever has a hard time with the idea of, of, uh, of a devil worshiper being punished. Because we don't live around and know... You're not married and... To devil worshipers, your mom was not a devil worshipper. Your best friend was not a devil worshipper, right? But as soon as you say a Christian or a Jew, well, we're we have a lot of that. So they have a tr- they have trouble with that, right? People do have issues with that. So, but harshness is only with the enemy of faith, not the disbeliever. The disbeliever may not be an enemy of your faith. He just he's not a believer, right? The enemy of faith, he is your enemy. They're trying to mislead you. They're trying to harm you. They're trying to um affect your life. And the munafiq is the innovator and the political traitor. He may be a Sunni, but he's a traitor, right? He abandoned his Ummah and he sold us the, the Ummah out. Like all of those in Andalus, they were all political traitors. In Andalus, they were all political traitors. Um if you read the history of Andalus, you would uh see the mercy of Allah that He kept them that long. Because they you would think to yourself if you read the uh, that they deserve far worse. You would say to yourself they deserve far worse. They deserve to have been wiped out way in advance. And they were saved only because of the kids and the children and the righteous amongst them. It was delayed so that they could all flee to Morocco, which they many of them did. Time checked, it's two o'clock. what is this beautiful gift we had some amazing what is this an artifact look at this bro this is an artifact from the ancient islamic world look at that that is gorgeous there's there. there's a kind of bro like that this this there's paper okay this thing oh is this like the it's like the size of a mud maybe you can hurt someone with this yeah, this is for self defense like, look at, listen to how hard it is. You can injure someone with those. Firstly, it's it's all this is this is from the Islamic West, it's al kursi and other things. This is amazing stuff. It's, it's, it's not, uh, we're gonna need to bring somebody to to take all these things and design it all up, like where to hang it, where to put it. Uh, people on the uh if you're listening to this on spotify um you're gonna w- i'll just describe it it's like a bowl it's like coming out of a museum or something <coughs> oh and this is a beautiful rug from al-masjid in nabawi i believe piece of the rug maybe from the rawda even we'll see we'll have to read because there's like provenance you know what provenance is it's the evidence of a piece of artwork. Like, where did a piece of artwork come from? It's the Senate. It's called a provenance. The provenance. Everyone has to have a provenance. Like, where did you come from? Why should we trust you? And here's another beautiful one. So we, we have a lot of these things now from the uh, Rumi's Garden Company gifted to us from Australia. Is that? Open that up. It's a massive croissant. Omar Abessi is going to be the uh, inheritor of Ryan, as Ryan is on his—he's about to graduate from Safina Society. Um, Ryan uh, and, and Omar Abessi is going to be filling in. You got a knife? Yeah. What is that? Oh, this is a bowl for Ruqya. Because oh, right. that's Quran in it. That's what they said, yeah. I think it's a replica of the Prophet. So yeah, and it's a, like the replica of the Prophet's mud. There's a lot of provenance, like the evidences of what stuff. Not provenance, like these are, it's not a, of the rugs, yes. provenance of the rugs. So what, where is the... Huh? All to barak. The whole place is going to be butter. Esra D says, what do you think of using healing for Tibetan bowls? No, no, no. And I'm still not buying the numerology stuff in the hirs. Like I've been having some discussions with some brothers. If I open a hirs and it has numerology and hieroglyphics, I'm, I'm shutting it down. I want words that I understand. What, what is the numerology? How's that benefit? I don't understand that. Right. What is this, a horn? It's like a bullhorn. I oh, have no idea. It What's looks that? like... Let me just show everyone what you're opening. because. Like it's, look at the Look at what he's opening here. Is it a bullhorn? Like for the stock. Look at this. It looks like a head of a cattle or something. Yeah. yeah. In the Indo-Pak, each Sunni group fighting others and consider them enemies, such as ahl bida Stay away from all these argumentations and just study your own aqidah Jawharat al-Tawheed. This book right here. Well, if you're in the Indo-Pak, you're going to have to read the Maturidi equivalent of this. Sure. Okay. Sharh uh, al-Bayjuri. Some people say Bajuri and some people Bayjuri. But, al-Murid Ala Jawharat al-Tawheed. Uh, <laughs> huh? <laughs> There's more packaging, all right. There's, there's a ribbon around for okay, well we'll see. Oh, Mariam, um, what's the name of the shop? The shop, the store is called Rumi's Garden. It says your name. Essentially, all of our our whole studio is now Rumi's Garden. Stuff everywhere, right? Courtesy of the Australians, which means we have to go to Australia eventually. We yeah. can't get all this love and not give it back. But the next trip on the next country is England. Has to be England. Well, the Australians could come and meet us in England. Halfway, right? Canada? Look, I, I don't even consider Canada like a national international. It is international, but I remember our when I lived in Hartford when I uh, was doing time, essentially uh, living in Connecticut, and uh, Hartford they have an airport there, and they made a huge campaign. We have become an international airport. They renamed it Hartford International Airport. So it's like, okay, this is great. We have an international airport. Okay. So i like, wanted to go visit, uh, do umrah, go to Qatar or something like that to visit family. And I said like, let's check out Hartford. Now it's international airport. They're like, oh no, we only service Canada. That's what made you an international airport. Okay. International. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yes, the other day I was saying where is sister C.E. Mu'mina uh, that said that she was going to marry uh, so she did get married uh, and is, the final opening this is to hang it, yeah, must yeah. be so this is the actual. that's the actual piece Listen to Omar at Bessie go, man. So much He's never cut this much in his life before. Lily Rose says, Hypromelose eye drops. Oh, she's talking to somebody else. medney 786 you got eye problems? Hold on a second. We got an eye doctor. Right. Uh. Put it up. This live stream is brought to you in part by Ocean County Retina. Hey, Harris Amin, what can you do? Tell us about people who have tons of eye problems as a result of smartphones. Okay. Medney 786 I have eye damage because of smartphones. Harisameen, come on up here and maybe we, you can start selling drops. The coupon code Safina Society. Eye drops from watching and nothing but facts too much. Right? And your eyes are like killing you, halas. SubhanAllah. Blue light protection glasses is another thing. Tahira Omar says, drink carrot juice. Is it true that carrot juice is good for the eye? Uh, Ocean County Retina, PC. Uh, they don't do LASIK surgery for your eyes, but they do laser surgery. There's a big difference, apparently, nowadays between LASIK and laser. Of course, you know, in their world, they know that, but we didn't know that. Oh, now I know what it is. Now I know what it is. Now I know so what I it is. That from the shape. Yep. I no, no, we, did we guess didn't guess that from the shape. No. Yeah, I don't know how we didn't guess. Yeah. That. It's not that fragile. I mean, what? It's not that fragile. Well, I thought it was a glass. I was saying, yeah. The way you were putting it. What's well, kind of came over from so far away? Yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the wisdom Sophia says behind not revealing the names of the hypocrites of Medina? that is because there is nothing that we could legally do about them and there is no way to prove it, okay? So in order to take legal action, even the Messenger of Allah is required by the Sharia to have proof and evidence. The unseen will not be evidence in court. Now let let us do it. Omar Abbas, he did so much work. Jeez, And let's take a look at what we have here. It is the bow of the... Pro- wow. Did you think it was a ship for a second? Or is it a bow? I, I knew it was a bow. It was a bow. Yeah. This is like this, the, the shape of... Wow, look at this. And it's got the Safina Society logo on it, too. Look at that. Right up here. I have never seen anything like this at all. Who painted this with calligraphy? Okay. It's a boat. You know what I thought it was for a second was like the beginning of a ship. Yeah. I, I knew it was a boat. Was, yeah. yeah oh, and that, I guess, is the... That, that's what that makes sense be, now. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what makes sense because we need, we, we, we do have a security guard now, by the way. Yeah. Right? You know that we have a security guard at, at Darfats has a security guard. Yeah, Wednesdays, <laughs> Wednesdays and Saturday nights. We to make a balcony Imagine this. tower. Yeah. yeah tower, tower Imagine this. <laughs> oh, man. That would feel very good. See? This... This is, this is amazing. Who, who, who has the craftsmanship to make this stuff? This is gorgeous stuff. This is an episode, I, guess. I guess this whole bo- episode is unboxing because he's not stopping. Omar's got the knife. And this leather is gorgeous. The logo is gorgeous. And everything about this is really something else. Really something else. All right, so while, while we are unboxing the next thing, could you imagine our security guard outside? He stands and he holds a bow and arrow. I guess there's, I wonder if there's laws about that. Like if he's got, uh, it's, legal. it's legal to have arrows in his back like Robin Hood. Robin Hood and a bow around his chest. Imagine that. No, we got him a really nice jacket, security jacket. Okay, let's see what else we got here. I think it's a polar bear rug. Oh, I it's love these the rugs. Time. No, you give me this. You give me this. <laughs> you this it? is this is not this is this is coming straight to me. I'm a big fan of sheepskin and us Australian sheepskin is insane. Okay. I'm a big fan of this stuff. Like all natural sheepskin and bear skin and all that stuff. Yeah, this is for the environmentalists and the animal rights activists. Look, animal rights activists, we love you. We are preserving the animal. If it was for you, animal would have rotted, and this thing would have been rotted in the woods, but we are preserving it. Bro, this is, I can smell this. Oh, it's real, huh? Well, sheep, huh? <laughs> so this is going to be our musalla now where we're going to pray right now, and this is another one. A gray one. Oh, one is. oh, my goodness. This is... You, you, you can smell Eid al-Adha here. You can smell... It smells like Eid here. I'm mean, Honestly, it smells like Eid. You know... Uh, you, you ever you ever go for a slaughter? Yeah, for Eid? I, I never did it myself, yeah. but I have like helped that. Oh, okay, so Eid al-Adha. Yeah. But do you ever go like when everyone's slaughtering? There's some, yeah, like yeah. thousands of sheep, hundreds of sheep. Not, not much, I've done, done a cow. Like like a big farm. cow. Yeah. Okay, so when you go to the farm, it's... It's, we, when do we, we only go and I eat, right? Yeah. It's not like we ever go. So, the smell of sheep now, to me, I smell, I eat. All I smell is Eid, eat, yeah. right? We recommend only spot cleaning this. This is a all natural Merino sheepskin rug. Pure animal right here, okay? I hope to actually put maybe one of these uh, to, to hang it up here because I'm a big fan of animal skins this, this is a... oh I my goodness this. Kangaroo. Yo, this is a kangaroo kangaroo <laughs> that's crazy. I have to show my kids this that's, that's hey kids made right here. look at this that's kangaroo that. look at that tail <laughs> oh my goodness like kangaroo, yeah? it's a whole kangaroo that's too right that's the this. native american name for it or the native australian you Oh, look at that. That is... Can- I didn't realize kangaroo was a thing in Australia. Like, they actually deal with it. But this is kangaroo skin right here. That must
1: be tough
0: to kill. How do they kill it? Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if they eat it. Right? I wonder if they eat kangaroo. Do, do the Muslims eat kangaroo? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, sh- I mean... I don't think it's, a predator, right? it's not a predator. Yeah. Just because it punches people. <laughs> and even if it was a predator, it would be makroo only. Right? Only be makroo. Yeah, they, they, they what? I, I need to eat kangaroo. <laughs> right? Well, when we go there, we're going to eat kangaroo. What is, what, was it so that no one would feel secure? Maybe. Sophia is saying why the hypocrites were not mentioned by name. Is that so everyone could maybe not feel secure? Yes, that's possible. Okay. That's possible. Um, yeah. They sell the supermarket, uh, SRSA. What? Kangaroo. Are you serious? That's insane. Is a Muslim man allowed to marry a Christian or Jewish woman? It's makruh. And in Dar al-Kufr, extremely makruh. In the Madaki Fit. Madaki madhub. Uh, do you know anyone named Kadhim Hussain Rizwi? No. Radawi. Radawi becomes Rizvi. No, I do not know him. I never heard him before. Okay. You've probably seen it in my Definitely. This bowl is a replica. Let me tell you something about Ruqya. We believe that Ruqya is in drinking water and reciting upon the water, then drinking it or splashing it around the house or putting it on the pane. And this is a replica bowl of Sayyid al-Kawneen alayhi salatu salams bowl. And on top of it has been written ayat al-Kursi, which is for Shifa. Okay. So it's a bowl to drink out of for Rukiya. Tabarruq, yani. This has become an unboxing day. That is a mushaf holder or a... a, Yeah, I saw this one, but... Let's save them for... Whoa. Next time to go to the MCMC Khutbah, I wear this on my head, <laughs> and then get kicked out. Oh, Subhanallah, <laughs> and it smells like no, this has got some serious misc on it, and it's got a serious holder, like a counter. I mean, you know, the ca- it's a hundred with the, with the counter for tens, but a serious counter for tens. You know, the counter for tens when it gets flimsy yeah oh this is some serious stuff this has something this is some serious stuff Well. What? oh yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah and your thumb starts hurting yeah the ring is still survived with me by the way the ring has survived i didn't think the ring would i thought i would lose it i lost it on the first day believe it or not then i found it subhanallah yeah, subhanallah Manuel Garcia, that's, the, that's where the yeah, Rumi's cave is the Rumi's garden is so this is, um, this is basically going to be uh, the, the decoration of Darfat with all these things and these brothers and husband and wife will get the, all the reward right, because they express their love for us so we are expressing our love back to them and they're going to be, the de- this is, we're going to have to get somebody who is like a, knows how to decorate well and put the stuff up, right? Yeah, yeah, we got everything. We got everything. Oh, we're praying on this one. One of them. Yeah, and the kangaroo too. Kangaroo. Such a unique creation of Allah, isn't it? You'd never expect it. It looks like a person. Yeah. You'd never expect the kangaroo. Dream says is playing the piano permissible. It's a string instrument. Some people said it's a percussion. Maybe. I doubt it, though. It's a string instrument. Oh, look at this. The footprint. This is the footprint of Sayyid al-Kaunayn, alayhi salatu as-Salam, I believe. SubhanAllah. No, no, this looks like a foot. And it's misked up. This is definitely going to be... Yeah. This is definitely going to be part of our ornamentation of the, of Dar al-Fatih. The footprint of Sayyid al and Ali after the Islam, and it's got all the, like the the history behind, like where did he get the where did he get the idea or where did he get the evidence that that's what it looks like, etc. This Rumi's garden place, this stuff is gorgeous. We are really very very close to revealing what the outside of our building now looks like because that was phase one the outside of the building Um, we're not in a pretty area the the area is rough there's trash in front of the street all the time we gotta broom it every day it's a rough area but that's where Allah chose for us right and uh, the donation came and I was happy to accept it right and 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 i like this area because it gives some humility too we're not in some posh area and i'm not comfortable with the super posh super poshness i get uncomfortable right Yeah. yeah no one talks to each other everyone's putting on airs you know that concept of putting on airs everyone's like showing off yeah yeah what is that that is a poster the next one is a poster is that like what is that? Is it like a, 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 a oh? Is it an ancient um, description of the prophets? T- right. the wow! <coughs> we're we're gonna be able to read it more clearly, right? Well, let's l- open these up. Opening these up because this has all the explanations, okay. And let me show you something else. This is actually from Harun, which oh, is about that, yeah. this is a copy of the Muwatta, oh okay, gosh. with my with printed bound, right? In a gorgeous, gorgeous I those were like print. <laughs> A very clear print of the muta, yeah. Subhanallah, very beautiful, clear print of the muta of Imam For yeah, here. Open these up to see what the what they say about them. What's that? There's more. A person always asks where we get meat from. Oops. Person always asks where we get meat from at family events. No, that's haram. If you accept it to enter the house, then you shall not question their meat. You've accepted to enter the house. Eat what they give you now. If you doubt the family, don't enter the house in the first place. You understand? That's how it works. Okay. If you accept it to enter the house in the first place, do not go ask for the meat. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to go in someone's house and then insult them. Where did you get your meat? If you don't like it, don't go in the first place. If you doubt them, why are you accepting their invitation to begin with? So this is Jahl. Uh, this is Jahala. C.E. mu'mina. Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, I got married indirectly while listening to nothing but facts. Now, I have converted into a Savina Society listener as well. So, mashallah, that um, she got married, alhamdulillah. And she is a convert out from Seattle, I believe, right? Seattle. And may Allah bless your marriage. And it's always good to see marriage because that's basically one of the, in my opinion, if you ask me, it's a hallmark of how you choose to live. Okay? It's a hallmark of how you choose to live. You choose to live by the the natural way that God's religion has established for us. Okay. Well done. What did he say here? Um it would be beautiful to be here some large shadow boxes for hanging decor. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you're so the sister who made that comment, she's a local. Yeah, she's going one who's going to do it right now she'll do it she knows what she's doing here she'll be the one who's going to put all this stuff up but where we're going to put everything uh, galileo says what does say al means it means chief the master of this life and the next or the humans and the jinn has both meanings salih tahir says can you repeat that i need to screen record for my mom you should be able to rewind, but what? I don't know what, what, what. Remind me what it was that I said. About the marriage. Oh, I think he's just messing around. But um, I'll repeat whatever you need. Sister in law wants to separate sexes during close family events. Okay, because of non mahrams. So in family events, uh, you do have some room. Why? Because the Quran says, and that means, uh, according to what our teachers have taught us, what it means is that when the families get together, provided there is no touching, excessive looking, staring at somebody, excessiveness, when the family comes together and there's like an in law, all right, the in laws to each other, or uh, one brother's wife and another brother's wife and another sister's husband and they're coming to have dinner at the grandparents' house there's no harm to eat together or to eat separately gender separate or all at the same table and that is one of the tafasir that I was given on that provided that the, the, the limits of excessively gazing at somebody um, touching of course is not observed but it is not a necessity to in the homes when the family comes together and there are some non-maharim it, it is it, it is there is no harm in either way that's how i understand it if i'm wrong you could tell me but that's how my she taught it to me okay provided that there is no excessive looking and and and, and gazing so allah knows best but that's how i understand it and that's how I've seen shiuch live. And that's how I've seen them do things in their homes. Right. Because there are certain parts of the homes that's shared in the first place. It's not very clear. Like you're going to come and get the food from some area. Someone's going to go to the bathroom. You're going to cross paths. It almost becomes really not even possible. That's in some homes to have gender separation. So um, if you have gender separation, probably that's all the better. Right. Probably all the better. But if it's not something that your family does, it doesn't have to be forced upon them. If it gets to the point that the mingling is excessive, then you have to just excuse yourself. Family things, yeah. They If they go late night and they become excessive and you're to becoming too comfortable with each other. Haram. Oh. Well, Okay, here is the blurb about this bowl. Very heavy. The honored bowl is a replica recreation of the existing bowl that belonged to Sayyid al-Qunayn alayhi salatu as-Salam. This bowl that they have in Topkapi Palace in which is in Istanbul. They have a Senad for it. Okay? And this is a replica, of course. They have a Senad for that bowl. Okay? That, that is the Prophet's bowl. One day, the Prophet and his companions, on their way to Medina, stopped for a rest in the territory of the Bani Sa'idah tribe. He asked Sahl ibn Sa'ad to get some water. Sahl, the last of the companions to die in Medina, kept the bowl with which he gave water to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And years later, he gave it as a present to Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, who eventually became the seventh Khalifa. He respected the Prophet greatly and he followed his footsteps as a governor in Medina, praying exactly in the same places that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had prayed before. He preserved all the relics of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, including the honored bowl that he, the Prophet had drank from and made wudu from, including a leather pillow stuffed with date leaves, a robe, a velvet quilt, and a quiver. The bowl, so maybe the bow, the bow is the same size as the Prophet's bow. The bowl, you know that bow that we got? The bowl was kept by some time by the renowned Kalkashandi family. Yes, this is a famous family, among whose members were prominent scholars. When I was in my master's, my professor made me read Al Qalqashandi. He was obsessed with Al Qalqashandi. Subsequently, it was handed over to Amir Sibay, governor of Asham, Damascus, in 1515 of the Common Era. Throughout these 900 years, the bowl had become worn and therefore it was covered with silver to protect it. Quranic inscriptions were made to adorn the bowl. The history of the bowl until the time of Amir Subey is written in small characters on the brim. Mm. The mold of the honored bowl was designed professionally by an associate of Rumi's Garden and was sent to craftsmen who specifically make casts for museums. Small adjustments have been made for the calligraphy to be visible in the replication process. Ahmed Samir, founder of Rumi's Garden. We need him on the stream to talk about like the relics of the Messenger وسلم, as as a historical element. Like as a historical you know the facet of, of that. Okay. Muhammad Mun'am says some refuse to attend the kid's birthday party of close family because the Prophet said there are two Aids. There <coughs> the Prophet said there are two Aids for the Ummah. For the Ummah, the birthday uh, celebration is neither recommended in religion nor is it forbidden in religion it what happens in it may be recommended permitted forbidden sharing food with people recommended um spoiling a kid may be discouraged spoiling him and but making him feel some love and appreciation that, that he's loved that's good Bring it, bringing friends good uh embarrassing friends sort of making um sort of making the 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 people have to buy gifts that's haraj makruh. it's makruh that aspect of things saleh tahir can you talk about the halal meat if you enter someone's home you're not allowed to ask about where they got their meat it's forbidden for you to do that okay you have to understand that you have accepted to enter his home halas What he puts on your plate, you eat it. Do not ask about the meat once you enter someone's home. If you have doubts about their meat, don't enter their home. Don't accept their invitation. When I pray, I don't feel like it. Please tell me about it. No man, Razam. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to enjoy it. You have to do it. Because that's your God, your creator, so you stand in front of him, you recite what he asks you to recite, you bow and you prostrate. But how could you not feel some awe when you contemplate who you're standing in front of who are you standing in front of subhanallah and what does he have to offer what did he do look at his creation aren't you in awe and what does he have to offer you okay that should enter your heart but ultimately the first act the first test of a youth is salah and that means physically doing it in this manner how you're doing it stand upright make sujood properly make rukuah properly do everything properly okay are we allowed to eat kosher meat the answer is yes we are allowed to eat the jewish slaughters meat Can you all make du'a for me? I'm going through some hardships. May Allah make it easy for you. May Allah uh, bless you and give you a shifa. If it's a sickness and may Allah make your life easy and, and, and transform all your hardships into ease. Can I pray, place surat al-Baqarah on the computer next to water? Yes, but if you recite it is better. Can a single woman perform Umrah alone? Yes. Hajjan Umrah. Okay. Can you give some advice on how to perfect our wudu? Do it slowly and don't waste the water. And make istighfar while you're making wudu. And of course, study the fiqh. Uh, today is Madiki fiqh day. Today, after this stream, we get a break. We go down to the masjid, we teach. The, we do dhikr with the youth, we teach the youth, and then we have the live stream. I, I mean the fiqh class, Maliki fiqh. Okay? So study one of the madhabs on arcview.org. Study one of the madhabs And um, learn how to make wudu properly. And then when you make wudu, decrease the water. Make istighfar while you're making wudu. Remember, the Prophet said the sins come off with the water. And go slow. If you make a good wudu, you have a good salah. North Korea says if I recite the first three verses of Surah Al Kaf, is it enough protection against the jad? No, the first 10. The first 10. Mu'mina says, I pray for all the single brothers and sisters here to find a righteous spouse. Okay. So everyone here is congratulating Sister Mo'amena who came, talked about married, disappeared from the stream for a little bit. We didn't see her for a while. Now she's back and she's married. Congratulations. May Allah give you a a blessed offspring and may Allah bless your marriage and remove from you all hardship, hasad, ill will from anybody and separate, uh, avoid fighting. Let me give you advice for people who get married. Don't make jokes and banter about your spouse and with your spouse. The husband and wife who do that, Their marriages are never good. Like, uh, I don't even believe, I don't even like to do that with my guy friends, right? You will naturally start to hate each other. That's the truth. If you make jokes about people, right, you will naturally start, deep down, you will start to dislike them. Very slowly, you will start to dislike them. So I highly advise um, married couples don't make jokes about each other, don't make fun of each other, right it's not a healthy banter it's not good at all okay don't do it uh, even competing against each other slowly it creates like an uh, uh it's it may not be good to compete against each other you should compete with each other uh, against something else uh mu'mina says i was just in dallas visiting the in-laws my father-in-law is a convert alhamdulillah they were so accepting and welcoming remember she this is a sister who said She had trouble because she's a convert. So I said, well, marry the kid of a convert, right? And that's what happened, Mashallah, she did it. Okay, congratulations. Steve says, what should one do if for 15 years they were mixing the rules of the four schools because a mufti said you're allowed to do that? Okay, but a a normal Muslim called me sinful. No, you're not sinful. It's not a good practice. The only problem is that you may mix madhab's in such a manner that the matter is no longer uh uh valid the ibad is no longer valid that's the problem when the ibad is no longer valid that's your issue okay okay What is the ruling on Maliki's having fluffy musallas? (laughs) Uh, No, the Maliki like to pray on the natural earth, right? But obviously, uh, they like to pray on the natural earth, and they don't like to have some fluffiness, so that you um, will be someone who is... Pretentious. However, I'll tell you what is permitted. If the or if the ground is hard, for your knees. And that's where this wool comes in, right? For your knees. This wool is something else. This sheep is gorgeous. It's pure white, mashallah. Okay? So, all of the Islamic gifts were from a company called Rumi's Garden. Sent to us from Australia. From some people who are very, very nice to us. And they love us, and we love them, from Australia. And we will, inshallah, tr- go to Australia eventually, soon. I went twice. I want to go a third time. And um, the the animals skins are from another Australian company. And if you if you're just joining us live, you've never seen this before. You've never seen this before. I guarantee you. I still want to know how they got that kangaroo, huh? The so biha can- I, I guess the... Uh, look at this. Here's the tail. Kangaroo. Right? Kangaroo. And you can tell it's real because of the variation on oh, the black and everything. Very varied. Yeah. Oh, you could definitely tell it's real. Variation of even the thicknesses. Yeah. Gotta love the smell of le- leather. This is Eid in advance for sure. Okay. Why all these gifts at once? Well, what happened was that we were out of the studio for two weeks. Ryan came back. He's like, there's mail up to here. That's what happened. He came to me and said, Doc, there's mail up to here. A lot of people liking in the comments, I'm catching up. They love the unboxing here and all these, these animal skins. And the green Muslims, they're not so green anymore. What would you advise a brother, Muhammad Ali, what would you advise a brother who is literally living through the mukafat of giving preference to his spouse over his now deceased parents? What did you mean by the word mukafat? And how does he give preference to his spouse over his deceased parents? Because if his parents are deceased, so how is he giving preference to his wife over them if they're deceased? Okay. That's the question. Here comes another question. How can we watch these live uh, recordings? Yes, you can watch the recordings on Instagram, on Facebook, but best of all on YouTube. And we put these slowly on Spotify. Are we caught up? How many? Maybe we're back. We're maybe behind by like 10 videos or something uh, on Spotify. Okay. Muslim cowboy. Did you refute that guy? Rob Christian, who said that uh, Imam Hafs was a liar. No, Imam Hafs, Hafs on Asim. We recite the Quran by the narration of Hafs on Asim. Imam Hafs was not a muhadith. He was not a hadith scholar. He was a Quran scholar. So in hadith, some said, yes, we take his hadith. Some said, no, we don't. And as for the saying that Ibn Mas'ud did not have Fatiha and and in his Mus'haf, that is irrelevant. His Mus'haf was for his own personal ease. He didn't need those. He memorized them, right? He didn't He didn't put them in his Mus'haf. That is irrelevant. The, what is relevant is that his oral transmission cites Fatiha, Falaq anas, nas right? The oral transmission of Ibn Mas'ud, of the Qur'an, includes Fatiha, Falaq anas. nas So this guy's trying, this guy, his name is Rob Christian, is trying to put doubt in the hearts of Muslims on their sources, okay? What if a relative, Ummah Meriam asks, wants to uh, cut ties with you? What do you do if a relative wants to cut ties, okay? What do we do with such a relative? Um, All you can do is, as much as you can, you can... um, begin with the holidays and the occasions by calling them, saying assalamu alaikum. You know, just small talk like that. Start with that, and Allah knows best. And maybe what you can do also is you are allowed to have some what's called white lies, the halal lying, which is that when you see somebody, you you tell them, oh, by the way, so-and-so says salams to you. So and so misses you. So and so was asking about you. And even though that's a lie, you're allowed to do that. Okay, you are allowed to do that. Okay, because it brings people together. Only those types of things that are that would bring people together. Okay, is it sunnah to read Asr at the end of any religious gathering? To my understanding, any gathering at all, it is sunnah to say Subhanakallah, Allah bihamdik la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa ilayk. The sins that happen in the gathering go away. It is a practice of the Sahaba to recite Surah Al-Asr after every gathering. Abu Darda started that. When two men among the companions met, they did not part until one of them recited Surah Al-Asr. That is correct. Okay, that is correct. Sheikh Salik ibn Sidna passed away. May Allah have mercy on Shaykh Salik ibn Sidna. He did pass away and he was sick for a long time time and alhamdulillah uh yeah all we can do is say that uh inna lillahi wa inna may allah give him jannah okay last few episodes the outro has not been shown i'll tell you oh yes because we were away that's why. wait yeah because we were away that's why also we have to tell youtube that that is our soundtrack youtube is sending me messages saying you're copywriting not copyright nothing we own that soundtrack that is our soundtrack right the hawk knight got it made for us he's got connections all over turkish hollywood yeah anza jama says i haven't heard the phrase putting on airs since victorian uh books that i used to read yeah showing off Uh, dream says the percussion is a the piano is a percussion instrument my question was more about whether or not it's just the fact that it is a percussion instrument makes it permissible Uh, some medhebs, many medhebs, hold that all percussion are permitted all the time others that like the madiki madheb only the duff for weddings steve says what should one do Oh, we 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 talked about this. Said says, why don't people cite the Muwatta when it comes to Hadith? Yeah, they cite it, but they but Bukhari, Muslim, maybe Allah, Adam, why? But it is cited here and there. Okay. Jay Perez, any details on the history of Turkish Muslims in the U.S., New Jersey in specific? There's an old abandoned masjid in northern Newark. Unfortunately, someone took away the sign with Turkish Masjid and the, with the Quran. No, I, I really do not know any history. But uh, if anyone knows, it's Sami Kadavik. And let me know what the name of the Masjid is and he will check it. Is it it's not Ulujami. That's in Patterson. Okay. Okay. What is your view of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab and the Najdi Wahhabi movement? it's they've innovated in many ways we have nothing to do with them but they they were started as Hanabila, but their takfir is not correct it's not accurate the way they make takfir so muslim cowboy says my question is regarding taking money for dawah especially if one is unable to get other work the uh, the money for dawah is only forbidden insofar as it would be an obligation for you to answer somebody's questions. So, for example, if somebody would say, came up to you and say, hey, uh, could you please give me the shahada and teach me how to pray? That is something that's an wedge upon you. You can't take money for it. But if you're releasing videos on YouTube, you can take money for that. There's a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ was sitting with some sahaba. They mentioned a man who had killed many people and done an amazing job in the battle. In wars, he fought, and 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 he he fought well. The people said, someone said, "Too bad he's being praised, so that would take away from his reward." And the prophet Sa'id said, "And who said this? He can have praise and have his reward." Okay, so others said that. If you, get, if you earn money from something, you lose one third of the reward. Truth of the matter is, you can have full reward and the comp- financial compensation. The only thing you cannot be financially compensated for in the deen is that what you're obligated to do. If someone says, please teach me how to make wudu. Te- teach me Surah Al-Fatiha. I can't charge for that, this is wajib for me. All right, teach me tajweed. Oh, hold on a second, I'm not obligated to teach you tajweed. I'm obligated to teach you how to pray if you if you ask about that. I'm not obligated to teach you tajweed. I can charge you for that. Teach me what's haram in Islam. I have to teach you. I tell you khamr is haram, riba is haram, zina is haram, et etc., et, cetera, et cetera. Teach me the evidence. No, I don't got to teach you that. I can tell you it's the Quran, right? But what surah, what? I don't have to teach you that. Come take my class. Because we're not living in the old days where the government is... Or the Awqaf exists for that. Okay? The Awqaf was an institution where the Ummah... The scholars invested money, they had land, and they promoted knowledge. They ran. And they made sure everyone was taken care of. That's what we're... All these institutions... Qalam, Maqasid, Sifin Sadi. we hope to become Awqaf that expand like that. Do the same thing. Typhoon Sural says, "Uh, Nothing but Facts 36 at hour 1, minute 44, second 43. You said a wife could make it a condition in the nikah that it stays monogamous. If the husband marries a second wife, immediately divorce would occur. Yes, that is correct. She cannot forbid him from another wife can't make the halal haram. But she can say, and if he agrees, upon you taking another wife, this marriage is is voided with a divorce. Huh? He came came with with a hardcore delete. So my question is, can contracts be made that contradict men and women's right according to the Sharia? No. You cannot make the haram halal and the halal haram. But you can pull out of the marriage. That's what's halal. So she, 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 he she cannot say, you can have a marriage contract that says that you will not marry a second wife. No. You have a marriage contract that says, if you marry a second wife, this current marriage is dissolved by divorce. And you are agreeing to that. Okay, Both sides are agreeing to that. If they want to agree. They don't have to agree if they don't want Then you don't have to marry her either. And she doesn't have to marry you. Okay. Which site are you reading questions from? I'm reading from both Instagram and from from YouTube. Are we allowed to use astronomy versus moon sighting? When you start your fast, you should always have um, a sighting alongside with you. I know the institutions, they have to go by the astronomical calculation of the new moon birth. But for your own sake, for the fasting... Wait, And we're lucky, alhamdulillah, in New Jersey, alhamdulillah, we're in, you know, the West. So we get to see all the Islamic countries first. And probably I would say 95 times out of 100, there is a sighting, a reliable sighting somewhere on the day that they say that there is the astronomical birth of the new moon. Darul Hamidiya says, what is the hikmah? behind surah al-asr recited after every gathering and allah knows best i really do not know the answer to why they chose surah al-asr okay Nimra sad is clarifying the question about the parents the deceased parents now deceased parents and the wife he says now he is facing problems due to having preferred his spouse over his parents when his parents were alive that person what you need to do is make toba for having maybe offended your parents and chosen your wife over your mom and 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 hurt her feelings and you just make toba and not just make toba but also uh, recite quran and gift it to them give sadaqa and gift it to your parents and hopefully they will receive it and hopefully then you will earn forgiveness inshallah ta'ala that's the good deed that you need to do you make to make some and nasuha by giving sadaqa on behalf of your family your parents and visiting them and, and and trying to rectify the situation yes you you screwed up now you're paying the price but you can speed up the pay price payment process by by doing those kinds of good deeds can a man request or force his wife to contribute to paying bills? No. no. It's haram. If she has to, she can go to the judge or the imam and say, my husband can no longer afford to take care of us, so divorce me from him. And that is a valid reason for a divorce. The, um, my wife is um, essentially a historian. She's a historian. And she taught history at university, and her d- degree is in history. Her PhD is in history. And she came upon a uh, Syri- I believe it was a Syrian court court case where a man left his wife and came back, left for like months on end, like year or two, three years, came back, found her married to another man. He said, "What's going on? This is my wife." She said, "No, um, you abandoned us. You left us no money." You left us no food, and you didn't fulfill the intimacy. Like, you abandoned us. So I went to court, and the judge gave me talaq. My husband abandoned me. He said, "You wait wait for... Um... No, I, I, I don't know how long he said, but once it was proven that the husband had abandoned the wife, he's not providing food, he's not providing protection, he's not providing intimacy, he divorced her from him. He can initiate the Qadi can initiate the divorce, okay? And she waited the idda, and she married another man. Melody twenty one says, "What is the meaning of Rabul Mashriqaini wa Rabul Maghribain?" So that's an interesting question. In the history of human map making, in the history of human geography people differed on what's north and what's south, right? So if this is north to me, then this is west. Uh, Sorry, east, and this is west. But if this is south to me, then this is west, and this is east, right? So in these human civilizations, they differed on what, what, what the cardinal points are. So f- half the population used to consider the sunrise or, and the east and west to be different. So that's one tafsir of the two east and the two wests, Right? And, and Allah knows best. But that's one possible tafsir of it. Mashriqayni wa maghribayn. <inaudible> Cardmaster, can you attend a family wedding and there's free mixing and all these things? As soon as the mixing becomes to the point of great discouragement or prohibition. Where is the prohibition? The touching. Like you're so close, you're touching each other. Where is the great discouragement? That you're able to look at each other in great desire. And just, you're staring at one another. And that, once you're in that realm, you enter the point of great amount of discouragement there. So you should walk out of the room, okay, if you can't avoid that music likewise um it's insofar as you can avoid that by going outside you can do that we have become innovators in weddings i can guarantee you that like everything's islamic in the person's life once the wedding comes bring out all the bidda possible and the munkarat so i don't know why we do that muslim cowboy says another question there was a question about this on twitter because someone mentioned du'at are accepting thirty thousand dollars for three-day engagements. Um, wow, that is... When does that become excessive? I'll tell you when it's not excessive is when their presence elicits funds, donations. When they're When it's a fundraiser and the presence of that person is going to cause people to donate a lot of money and he gets a cut of that, it seems to be okay. When is it? what 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 is he doing for thirty thousand dollars for three days because the scholar is not like a celebrity you know like a celebrity endorsement is that what it is i don't understand that when does it become excessive is that i believe that at some point you have to ask your heart what's going on here what are we doing here is it thirty thousand dollars let's say five grand for him and twenty five for his institution right right at some point we have to ask the question of what, what really he's right about that. He's correct about like what, what is going on here. It's exorbitant. I, would ra- I, I wouldn't mind 30,000, but not through teaching. I would rather, yeah, you're going to make some money through teaching by selling books. That's all fine. But just to show up and your royal highness and your royal presence is worth, is like that. Allahu alam, that's number one. But I would rather make money in a, lit, in a normal way. Like in a in a in a secular worldly way, owning restaurants, owning apartments and renting them out, like that's your customary way to make your money, and I believe that those duats, um, may be better off doing that. Right. All right. So you got you caught. You got a nice bite out of it. The whole dawa scene now tr- transfer it, shift it. And let the da'wah be for Allah's sake as much as possible. If you can't, then you charge, right? If you can't, you charge. But once you can, and you can make your tons of money through normal legitimate means and investments, etc. That, I believe, is better and Allah knows best. What's the ruling on a person who kills the blasphemer of Rasulullah if the state fails to do so? Well, I don't want to say the answer to that because I may end up becoming, you know, maybe you get prosecuted for that, inciting violence. But um, they, they, those people are guilty for not following procedure. They should have followed procedure. How do we support the Afghans being oppressed by the Taliban? To be honest with you, you're asking the wrong person. Asking the wrong person. Would not know. Is a vasectomy permitted if you had a couple children? Only if pregnancy would harm you later in life. If pregnancy, the doctor says, hey, listen, if you get pregnant, you are going to get harmed again, right? You are going to have some harm. Then yes. But if the pregnancy, uh, if, if, if getting pregnant will not harm the person, then they can only use temporary solutions, not permanent solutions. Okay? If your dad doesn't praise Salah, can you inherit from him? Yes, you can. Can a Muslim woman get alimony after her divorce? A Muslim, hu- she's not, it's not her right to receive it, but the Muslim husband is highly recommended to take care of his ex wife, especially if they have children and he knows that she has no place to go. Especially that she gave you years of her life in those years she lost any ability to become relevant in the earning market it's highly highly recommended something called al muta which means to test to make sure they're okay especially if they're raising your children would make no sense that you let your children descend and decay in poverty so you're paying for your children anyway but also the Sharia says the teenage boy should go to the dad. I'm a big believer in that. Teenage boy should go to the dad. Now if your mom is raising you you have to respect her and honor her. Some people say that yes, I should have went to my dad and now he turns against his mom. No that's in, that's immature and haram too. Right? You're not that's you're not that's not your decision to, to to judge your parents and your role to judge your parents. We're saying in general in the Sharia Teenage boy, you hit bulugh, 13 years old, go to your dad. 14 years old, go to your dad. That's how it should be. How can I get my data deleted on Mouadda? Just email them and tell them to remove you from the offerings. In the medic, or from the candidacy. In the Medicaid school, what's the opinion on alcohol, cologne for men? The dominant opinion is that it's, it's not pure. You have to wash it off. The Mortanians say it evaporates off, so it's fine. And only the scent remains. Is eating cats in the Maliki Madhab? It is makruh to eat a cat. Okay, Omar Abbas, he knew the answer to that. Well done. If a man can't provide for his wife who works but refuses to contribute to the house, then he should downgrade to a smaller house or simpler lifestyle, and she shouldn't complain. If she likes him, yeah, you're gonna live on his basis unless you both agree to 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 um, pitch in together. Is there a North American Halal uh, Hilal body? No, there's a lot of websites. There's a lot of websites. There's, I don't know the names of them offhand, but Crescent Watch, for example. Hillel Chicago Hilal sighting. There's a lot of websites. Okay, Can we start reciting midweek or do we have to start Monday? You can start whenever you want. Monday is just the preferable day because that's the day the Prophet was born. Couple more questions. Can you hold a book circle on Sayyidina Naqib al Islam and Secularism? Islam and Secularism, yes, inshallah. Arcview has a book club. I don't even know if that book is on sale anymore, is it? I'm sure it is. Melody 21, if a woman hasn't reached a scholarly degree but wants to marry a man who is well-learned, is it a suitable match? Yes, why not? Why not? Not every scholar marries another scholar. Brother says, do you reckon the cane in Top Pass is actually Musa's? I doubt that. The stick of Musa, I doubt that. What do you think of the term convert or revert? Your, your person was born on the fitrah, not Muslim. The hadith says, al Every child is born on a natural God-given creation, way of being. Then his parents warp that through Christianity or Judaism. So the the argument is that when you become Muslim, you are actually reverting back to Islam. That's why people say that the convert is someone who is changing into something. Whatever satisfies you, you can uh, you can uh, call them what you want. You want to call them convert, revert doesn't matter to me. All right, we answered the question on the second wife. We answered that uh, from Typhoon. When a woman reaches 40, says Lily, and marriage proposals come to her, is a independent of her decision-making, like Guy apparently can be, or is she still under the parents' terms um, of their blessings and acceptance? If she now takes care of herself, and she is no longer, she's older now, and she's not in need of, and she can make decisions for herself then she does need a wali but she makes the decision herself on a yes or no to the marriage if she's still living under her parents' roof then and she doesn't know the world of men then she needs to um, her wali needs to sign off on it that's if she never married before on the on the convert. Sheikh Harun mentioned something uh that was good one time yeah that, like in Arabic there's no word for this type of thing or like that because this person asked about the Sahaba he said there's Muslim Juded right like there's new Muslims I we talking about convert rever yeah, yeah okay yeah. yeah I just thought of this but yeah like when someone's uh they convert to Islam and it's been like 25 years yeah you're not gonna still call them a new Muslim right? that's true There's a point where it's just like you're not it doesn't matter to be called that anymore so the point, what he was saying, is that uh, in the time of the Prophet Wasallam, they didn't have a concept of converts, the word convert. They had the word new Muslim or not. And that which makes sense. So after 40 years, are you a convert anymore? Right? After 20 years, are you a convert? I guess you're a, technically a convert, but they just used the word new Muslim or uh, or not new Muslim. Esra d angry if his permission is requested at any later stage that's the second part of the question so okay first part of the question if is it the father's right to require being consulted whenever a trip is considered for his teenage son who lives with his mom well that's a problem why are you worried about the consultation he should be living with the dad but let's say the situation is that okay even let's so so teenage son living with the mom if the trip is long, is a long journey the the father should be consulted yes even if it's mecca and medina Zamani Saab, yes, we mentioned Sheikh Sadik's passing and may Allah have mercy upon him. Uh, inna lillahi wa inna raji'un. He was very sick and he was apparently taken to a hospital in Morocco in which he passed away there, but he had been sick for a long time. And uh, Inna lillahi wa Inna and may Allah forgive us in him and have mercy upon us in him. Um, I did study the of Ibn Zaid with Sheikh Sadik back in 2003, 2002, 2003, 2004. Yeah. Good times. If a family follows Saudi moon sighting, what should I do? Family disputes start always during Ramadan because of this. All I can tell you is that you need to fast as long as you need to have known that someone sighted the moon. Reliable person sighted the moon. Okay, and Saudi uh, they claim to have sighted the moon, right? So why we're not going to say that they're lying about that? I don't think they're lying about that. Saudi go off the calculation the they should be by moon sighting. Can- they claim to be. No, they claim to be physical moon sighting. Yeah. I heard some rumors that um, anyone can kind of call in to show, uh, tell them that they saw the Saudi moon, and then someone. The rumor is that there's a reward for the one who sees it. So I don't know. Although, um, allah Adam can you can you look it up look yeah, into it oh right, look into it get like actual um citation then we could use rely upon them does eating your nails or biting your nails break your fast if you swallow it yes if it goes into your stomach right that's a terrible way to to break your fast don't the Hanafis make the woman wait i think 80 years if the man goes missing and four yeah that's if there is uh if she is hoping for his return now, that's usually for the inheritance, but the moment the man is no longer taking care of the woman, okay, and she wants to move on and be taken care of, she can get a divorce. Okay. How can you gently respond to people who claim that group dhikr is bid'ah? Group dhikr is in Sahil Bukhari. So that's the first thing. Ibn Abbas says, I used to know the farid prayer is over when I arrive at the masjid. Okay. And I hear the dhikr loudly. Okay. It's in Sahih Bukhari. Two hadiths in a row. Titi Ansari, uh NBF is now on Instagram now. It, we just were in the masjid for two weeks where we didn't have access to our computers. So that was just temporary. What's the best way to avoid Riya and Gururur showing off? Um,. What is your advice for making friends and maintaining long-lasting relationships and not fall out with people? Making friends and having long-lasting relationships is all about humility and forgoing your rights and fulfilling other people's rights. But it's really humility. Humility is the key. A humble person uh, who is agreeable with others. And don't don't bring up issues of disagreement, right? And be humble. You should have long-lasting friendships. When it comes to how to avoid gurur and showing off and Riya, look at the ibadah of people who do better than you, and you'll realize that your worship is very weak. Your knowledge is very weak. Everything is very weak. Esra continues with her question They live in Jeddah, so it's not long, and he is always informed beforehand, but he demands to be informed at the very first stage of the trip being considered. Is that his right? For the dad, for the teenage son that he pays for and takes care of, he has far more rights than this, if we're going to tell the truth. He has the right of custody. Forget being knowing where you are. Where you are. He has the full right of custody. So I hate to give that bad news to the people, but he has the full right of custody over his teenage son. Is there a deeper meaning of ulul al-bab in Surat al-Zumr? Ulul al-bab are those who who have deep penetrating insight into matters. Okay, with knowledge of aqeel and sharia and mantiq. A, one commenter is saying many, many dads don't care and they don't want their kids. It doesn't matter if you want them or not. You take them, you drop them off at the house, ring the doorbell, and leave, like say the Hajar was left in Mecca because by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is command of Allah man has to take care of his kids and if he's not then you then you're innocent let's say the 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 dad doesn't take care of the kids he's one of these guys he's just a he does not raise his kids and if you were to bring the kid there he wouldn't get raised he wouldn't go to school he wouldn't First of all, is that the truth? Is it true that a guy's going to have his teenage son there and he's never going to care to raise him? How do we know that for a fact? But hypothetically, let's say hypothetically it was a fact and we have evidence. What's his evidence? The previous kids. He had other kids and he let those teenagers just go astray. He doesn't care about anything. At that point, the mother now is in her right to raise the kid. That's her. Now she is free from the guilt of uh, uh, on the issue of custody. That's how it works. But we need to have some kind of proof that the guy does not raise his kids, such as a previous kid or two, where he, he, he just puts no effort in and he lets them do whatever they want. And he, he lets them harm themselves in their deen and their dunya. At that point in time, if that can be proven then we say yes now you as a mother have the right to now raise him upon islam and take him and you're f- totally innocent and at that point he's foregone his rights whether i go to mecca or i go to new york that's, you forego you're, you forwent your right i don't have to tell you anything you foregone your rights you have foregone your right so does that make sense i hope that makes sense So everyone asking about the women's... What do women have to tell the dad? Okay? It's more binary than anything else. Can you put lip balm during, during... When you perform Umrah for medical purposes? Yes, you may. And if it has no scent, you're absolutely... You can do it without medical purposes. Would you recommend a Muslim psychiatrist for a teenage girl? Would the mother have to tell the father about the taking the girl to a psychiatrist? Of course, she'd have to tell the father. It's his right to know that and his right to allow it or disallow it. And which Muslim psychiatrist is the question? Okay. Which Muslim question, psychiatrist is the question? Someone who's going to advise based upon the book and the sunnah and the deen as a baseline? Then, yes. Or at least that we believe in, we're going to, not everything is going to be a religious ruling, right? It, the, the counseling may have nothing to do with Islam, but at least we have a concept that we have a God, we're answerable to that Lord, we go by Islam, right? As a baseline. A couple more questions before we log off. If one kept the child away from the father because he, he walks out of the house unknown and tells the kids, I left because of you kids, he got everything. Is that not gaslighting? It may be gaslighting, but at the same time, if he's given the responsibility of the kids, he may still fulfill them. He may be a, a terrible guy, but once he has a teenage son in his presence, he may start raising him properly. We don't know that, right? So we can't make him guilty of not being able to raise a teenage son before he's even have, ever had a chance. I would say that you can only make him guilty... If he's telling you, I'm not going to teach him how to pray. I'm going to allow him to do everything haram, and I or he has another son where he did that. So some kind of evidence that he is not going to raise the kid in in uh, well either in Deen or Dunya. Like I'm going to just let him play video games. I have to study things like that. What would be the best course of action for a Sunni Muslim marrying a Shia Muslim? For raising kids and household practices, I don't see that there's much of a win-win here. Your only way that you're going to avoid argumentation is that neither one, one or both, are not don't really care about their religion. To be honest with you, if you both care, you have some mutually exclusives. You have opposing ideas here. I don't recommend it. I it, and I have to tell you too, it's forbidden to marry an innovator. Is a father obligated to pay for his kid's college education? No. No, not obligated. But your son's gonna—you're you're harming him if he—if he—if your son doesn't have a skill to earn him a livelihood. It is a type of harm, but you are not obligated to pay that. College education, no. None of the divorcee men want to take care of their children and they want to marry someone who doesn't have kids then the sin is on them and the mother has the reward she has all the reward and the sin is all on the dad do we follow local or world global moon sighting? global is lasik and laser considered cauterization no it's not cauterization it uses heat but it's not cauterization Is there a hadith that says when Syria falls there is no good in any of you? I don't know about this hadith. Can you please look it up and give us the exact reference? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will pause here, stop here, and pick up tomorrow. Jazakumullahu khairan everybody. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Let's close off with dua An-Nur if you have that, Ryan, please. It's on the screen. All right, let me find it in my in my phone first. You got it. Bismillah yeah. ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma <laughs> jalli fi qalbi wa nura fi qabri wa nura fi sami wa nura fi bacri wa nura fi shari wa nura fi bashri wa nura fi lahmi, wa nura fi demi. ونورا في عظامي ونورا في عصبي ونورا من بين يدي ونورا من خلفي ونورا عن يميني ونورا عن شمالي ونورا من فوقي ونورا من تحتي اللهم زدني نورا وأعطني نورا وجعلني نورا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم let her a school of us love you the small of